What's up, everybody? This is Anyone Seeing This Podcast. I'm so glad you joined me today for this listening pleasure. This is episode four, the one about me crushing my daughter's heart. I'm so glad you joined us today. If you haven't already done so, please rate, like, subscribe, five star, turn on notifications, share, comment, do whatever you got to do to blow this thing up just so I can keep on delivering more content for you, more stories, uh, more excitement, more lessons. And if you've already done that, thank you so much for everything and for your support. Uh, Big things coming, guys, big things coming, and I can't wait to share that with you guys. So without further ado, this is episode four, the one about me crushing my daughter's heart. Um, I'm going to do something I have not done before, and this is going to be completely off the cuff. Um, As you probably noticed that I've went ahead and I've written out a lot of the stories. Um, And the reason I've done that was because, you know, I forget details. Uh, And sometimes when I go through the details, um, I remember things and I want to paint a picture for you. I want you to have a, a, a listening experience where you can actually feel like you're there with me. And so, but a lot of times when I write these things out, it almost sounds like I'm reading them. And when I read them, um, sometimes I read faster than I actually can say the words. And I don't know, I've just been listening back to the podcast. And I'm thinking, man, you could do better than that. So I'm going to try something that I've not done in a long time is I'm just going to wing this. I'm going to wing this story. I'm going to tell it off uh, the cuff and we're just going to go from there. All right. So episode four, here we go. So my daughter, if you don't know me, I have a beautiful little girl, um, biggest, bluest, darkest, bluest eyes you could ever imagine. It's kind of crazy that she has the bluest eyes. I mean, while my wife has beautiful blue eyes um, and my son has beautiful blue eyes, but I have I have dark brown eyes. And if you know science, then the dark brown eye gene, uh, the trait for that gene is 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 dominant and so I, there's no reason why you know our kids really should have that blue eyes i mean my mom has dark eyes my dad did have blue eyes so i do have that blue eye gene uh but pair i must have enough of that blue eye gene that both of my kids even though the odds were stacked against them have these big beautiful blue eyes and i guess i'm you know i guess i'm kind of proud of that they are that most beautiful eyes um just like my wife so they do get that trait so i'm very happy about that but my my daughter uh, Andy, uh, we named her Andy, A-N-N-D-I. We're totally going to confuse people for the rest of life. That's what we do. She'll never, ever have a keychain named after her. Every time she goes somewhere and her name is written down uh, or somebody says her name, they're going to confuse her with a boy. It's 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 the life of just having a boy's name that we've prepared her for. And honestly, uh, when we had our first child, Mikey, uh, we named him Michael. It was, it was going to be a boy or girl who was going to be named Michael. Um, just because that's how proud I am of my name and of my heritage. Um, but we named her Andy Jane, Andy. Um, you know, just we love the name Andy. Um, Christy's uh, stepfather um, is named Andy, and uh, her middle name, Jane, um, was named after Andy's, uh, Andy's, uh, Christy's step, uh, oh my gosh, Christy's grandmother, uh, Janie. And so it just felt really good. Andy Jane just felt really good, and I, we think it's a beautiful name. And so if you know my daughter and you know just her growing up, if you spent any time with us, um, she is a ball of energy and she is a joy. She has such a sense of humor and she has such a little attitude. 
and I love her. I, I mean, obviously she's my daughter. I love her to death, but her, she just she has a way of of being gentle and soft, but so harsh and so rough sometimes. Uh, I remember a long time ago uh, when she was you know a baby and she didn't even have any hair. She, was, she had this little like baby mullet for a long time. And I remember a long time ago, um, you know, we used to block out the, uh, we used to put the ottoman in between there. We had a, in our house in North Carolina, we had a, a kind of like a, um, we had a kitchen and a dining room and a living room that kind of circled all around each other. So you could access the room from, uh, from like a, a circle. And so we, and so when, you know, my wife and I were, were, were cooking in the kitchen, uh, we didn't want any Jane, you know, crawling around on the floor and, you know, obviously, you know, might get, you know, boiling water or, or grease, whatever, you know, splashed on her. So we put the ottoman and we jam it right there between the doorway and uh, we would not allow her to go into the kitchen. And so, of course, you know, Mikey being her big brother, you know, always, you know, would climb over the ottoman and go into the kitchen. And Andy just wanted to be, you know, like her big brother. And she still does. They're best friends. And I'm so thankful that we have kids that love each other and that just are just lifelong friends. But Andy wanted to be in the kitchen, too, because Mikey was in the kitchen. And so I remember this one time Mikey was standing on the outside uh, in the kitchen facing Andy Jane across the ottoman. And he's just giving it to her. He's just, you know, ragging her on, you know, you know, probably stick his tongue out or out at her and telling her she can't come over here and kind of, you know, teasing her and like, nah, 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 you can't come in here. And Annie Jane, you could tell her face was not having it. And Annie Jane wears her emotions on her face when she'll let you know if she's not happy. She'll let you know if she's hungry. She'll let you know if she's happy. She'll let you know if she's sad. Like she does not hide her emotions um, at all. So she wears them on her face and you could tell her little lip was poked out and you could tell that she was not having it. And she was really, really upset. And so I remember, uh, Mike is, you know, just giving it to her and just like, you know, nah, 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 you can't, you can't come in here. And Annie Jane reached over the ottoman, grabbed Mikey by his hair and yanked him over the ottoman and pulled him onto the floor. And I'm just letting you know, it's pretty funny that a little girl can just grab a hold of that hair and yank him. She's like, you know what? If I can't go in the kitchen, you're not going to be in the kitchen. You're going to be with me. And that's the kind of girl that she is. She's definitely sassy, definitely takes control, uh, definitely wears her emotions. But if you also know Annie Jane, uh, she is very deliberate. She's absolutely very deliberate. Uh, she will not do things uh, on your time. Um, and it's not disrespectful. I, I think she's just deliberate. Um, you know, we, you know, we ask her to do things and she'll do things right away, but there's, there's a way about her. Like if she's getting ready or if she's preparing for something, she's going to do it her way and it's going to be her time frame. And sometimes her way and her time frame, it's just, it's, it's just frustrating because you want things done now and she's going to take her time. So you have to wait to learn that and work with that and, and um, so she always, you know, like I said, you know, getting up in the morning or getting dressed or, you know, doing, you know, cleaning a room, she'll get it done. But it's always a deliberate uh, sense that she always does on her time. Well, there's this one time uh, that her 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 deliberate ability or her or her lack of a better word, just her her slowness of how she's doing things. Um, really caused an issue uh, with me, and uh, it 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 affected me in such a way where it changed the way I parent from now on. Um, and the story I'm going to tell you uh, is is a story that 
um, happened and it happened so quickly, but as, as quick as it happened, the lesson that I got from it, um, which dug so deep into my heart, uh, it changed me forever. It changed the way I parent and how I respond to my little girl, my little precious angel. Listen, we were blessed with with our firstborn, with a son, um, strong, athletic, smart young man. Um, you know, like I said, he's, He's, I couldn't be any more proud of a, of, a, of a son than a dad can be. And I am a proud father of a, of a great son. Um, but then right after that, I mean, right after that, you know, um, about three years later, we were blessed with this beautiful ball of joy, this, this gorgeous little blue-eyed girl uh, who's smart and funny and just so caring and passionate. And, and I, like I said, the lesson that she taught me this day will stay with me forever. And I hope when you're listening to this and hope when you hear the story, I hope that you will understand uh, as a father where I was coming from and then how you will maybe apply the story to your life. And if you have kids, um, maybe you might reflect on how you deal and handle situations like this. But also, if you don't have kids, maybe it'll prepare you uh, for when you do have that little bundle of joy and how you respond to her. And we'll hear that story right after this. You're listening to anyone seeing this podcast. And now back to part two of episode four, the one about me crushing my daughter's heart. So my daughter, Annie Jane, and her deliberate abilities, uh, she does things, I mentioned already, she does things her own way, and she's very deliberate. Like I said, sometimes it can feel like rebellion, but I know it's not really rebellion. It's just her way. Um, she always takes her time, put on clothes, and and one thing she always takes her time on, and it really frustrates me sometimes, is getting in and out of the car. So this story takes place when she was uh, in Durant, Oklahoma, and she was, I believe she was probably in maybe second grade, first, second grade. I'm not exactly sure when it was. Um, it was four years ago, I think. So uh, that would be what, uh, maybe first grade. Yeah, she probably almost first grade, uh, first grade, maybe even kindergarten. Um, anyway, so in in Durant, you had to pull up and you went in a circle, and you know you would you would uh, you know pull into this line, and and people would come and they'd open the door for for you, and sometimes they wouldn't be there. And you let your child off at the school and, you know, then they shut the door and they go in the building. And that's just an easy way, early morning drop off. And so this particular day, you know, Annie Jane was uh, just being really deliberate. And I remember that uh, I was I was rushed. I never had maybe I think I had maybe had something going on that day. I may have had a meeting. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what was going on, but I know that I remember that I was not thinking about like spending a lot of time dropping her off. I had to get back to the office and I had to work on something or, or something was going on. But um, as I was dropping her from school, you know, we did this normal routine. I would basically, I would pull up and they actually had the signs. They actually had signs that would say, get ready to drop your kids off, unbuckle your seatbelt, you know, 
say your goodbyes and get out. Like, they actually told you, like, each step of the way, which I think is pretty cool, like, preparing the kids to kind of move the lines along a little faster. But, like, you know, with any drop-off lines, like, they're always hectic sometimes, and there's always people who are just super impatient and people who just, you know, take their time, and it, it could be a frustrating experience. Um, but this day, like I said, she was just following normal routine. We drop her off. I pull up and, uh, you know, we're, and I was in my truck and she unbuckles her seatbelt and uh, and then she liked to crawl from the back seat of my truck up to the front and right there on the, the armrest in the middle. Uh, and she'd reach around and she'd give me a kiss on the cheek and then and then she'd hug me and, and she'd say, I love you, daddy. And then and then she gets out and, you know, then she shuts the door and then she stops and then she waves twice and then, uh, then she heads in the building. Sometimes she'd turn around and she'd look at me and she'd wave again and then head back into the building. Uh, but on this particular day, um, I did something that I, I, I know I will never, ever do again or I'll never, ever take for granted again. Um, on this particular day, as she was getting out of the car and going through her routine, you know, she was she was taking her sweet time. Um, she... Um, she decided when you know she, her, her whole routine. She unbuckled her seatbelt and she and she'd get uh, into the, between her seats and she'd give me a hug, or she'd give me a kiss, she'd tell me bye, and I said bye, baby, you know. And, and then she and she opened the door and instead of getting out, she decided to come back inside the door and give me another hug and another kiss, a second hug and a second kiss. Now, as as you know, like I said, these lines are pretty, like I said, pretty tense sometimes. And I had a long line of cars behind me. And so she gave me her normal hug and kiss and she opened the door. And then she decided that she wanted one more hug and one more kiss. And so she shut the door and she gave me another hug and another kiss. And then when she did that, I yelled at her. I said, Andy, what are you doing? So we have people waiting behind us. Let's go. And she just stopped and froze for a minute, and then she just kind of got out of the truck really fast, shut the door, headed into the building, and didn't even turn around the wave. Like, it didn't hit me right away. I'll be completely honest with you. It didn't hit me right away. I was looking in the mirror, making sure that, you know, Sue Ellen or Betty or whatever soccer mom was behind me, like, you know, wasn't you know, giving me the finger in the mirror, telling me, let's go beeping a horn because she had to get to her CrossFit class or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm, I'm, I was pretty concerned about other people and not really my daughter. And it didn't hit me right away. So, you know, after she shuts the door and she gets in the building, I take off. I drive back to the parking lot uh, where I worked. And as I sat in the parking lot and got collected my things to get out of the truck, all of a sudden it hit me. Uh, it hit me. I honestly... It was, I felt like God was just like sitting on my chest. Like he was just sitting on my chest and he literally pointed me to the mistake that I made. And I couldn't breathe. Like I couldn't even breathe because I started thinking about what had just taken place. I mean, what have I done? Like, what did I do? I just yelled at my daughter for wanting to come back and give me an extra hug. I just scolded and chastised my beautiful little angel for wanting one extra kiss and one more moment with her father.
And all I could hear in my mind as I sat there in the parking lot was God telling me, I always have time for you. I always have time for you. And when I felt that in my spirit, guys, it broke me. Like it broke me like I've never been broke me. I was more concerned about the soccer moms behind me and their approval than my own flesh and blood. I was more concerned about being on my timetable and worry about other people around me than my than my own daughter. I couldn't breathe. Like I literally could not breathe. And so I knew exactly what I had to do. First thing I had to do is I had to ask for forgiveness. Like, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for treating my child that way. And second thing I did is I turned around. I, I, I didn't even go inside. I started my truck up and I headed right back to the school. And as I was going, I'm praying. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm praying that Andy Jane, like, was not like broken like I had these images of her sitting in the hallway slumped over maybe crying like you know I hurt my daughter like I hurt my daughter and I may have even hurt my relationship with her like how could I do that how could I how could I even make this up to her how could I even make this right with her so I headed back um you know I was thinking on the way back you know do, do I take her out for dinner do I buy her extra snack like what do I do like what do I do to make this up to her so I went back to the I went back to the school. I parked my truck. I ran in the building, and this is before school started. And the parents could still bring the kids in, and and so you know the school's pretty open now. And so like I walked in the building. And I made my way through the cafeteria, and I made my way to the gym because in the morning time they sat in line uh, in the gym uh, in the gym, and they waited for their teacher to come pick them and give them a class. So as I walked through the front doors in the cafeteria in the gym where my daughter was sitting, um, just patiently before the school began she turned when I walked in the gym and her eyes caught my eyes and she had this like look on her face like daddy what are you doing here like is everything like she was concerned for me like daddy are you okay like I could see in her face like I said she wears her emotions on the face and she had this like what are you doing here kind of face and I motioned her to come here and so I she got up and she ran over to me and I just grabbed her as hard as I possibly could and I held her as tight as I possibly could and I told her I said listen I always I always have time for you and I always have time for your hugs I just came back to tell you how much I love you and how amazing of a daughter you are and I hope that you have a great day and I love you very much my little sweet pea and then I gave her the biggest hug I possibly could give, and I walked out. You know, honestly, I don't even remember that she even remembered I yelled at her. I don't even remember that she even thought twice about me telling her to get out of the car, which really affected me because I was thinking, well, if she didn't react to me coming back, and no, even realizing why I came back, then I must be harsh with her more than I realize. Like, I remember that she doesn't she, that she didn't even remember. But I did yell at her, and I know it affected her. It affected her on a level that maybe she didn't comprehend yet. And I'm not saying that, you know, that I went back and I'm, you know, that I made 100% right. 
it's a process guys like I had to I have to work on this and I work on it every single day and I'm not perfect I make mistakes but I'm just curious that how like when that happened like I all of a sudden God began to press my heart like how am I treating my two precious gifts that God has blessed me and my wife with like how am I speaking to him how am I talking to him how are we talking to our kids dads out there I'm mainly speaking to dads like how men how are we talking to our kids what kind of messages are we sending through our actions and through our words and really not even realizing what we're doing how am I treating these gifts how are you treating your gifts listen our time on earth here is very short it is a like the Bible says it's a it's a vapor in the wind it's 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 a it's 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 a moment of a fleeting moment what legacy are we leaving behind with our kids are we creating a generation of young people who are cold and indifferent and don't have time for an extra hug or an extra kiss or an extra squeeze like these are the questions that I ponder and I want you to ponder as you listen to this because I know what I do is that there's some days that I cannot wait to get home and I can't wait to squeeze the crap out of my kids every chance I get listen one day I realize one day that precious little girl won't get out of my car one day she's not going to be there to get out of my car again one day she's not going to be there to come back and to give me an extra hug and an extra kiss one day she's not going to turn around and smile and wave at me anymore so I want to make every moment count. I want to make every moment I possibly can count. And I know I'm not going to get it right 100% of the time. But I daggone will make amends for the times I don't make it right. But I don't want to waste another moment. I don't want to waste the opportunities and the, ch- and the chances I have and the privileges I have to hug and kiss and spend time with my kids. I'm never going to miss another smile or another hug that's extra. I want to make every moment count. No regrets. I can't make it 100% right all the time. But I will commit. And I have committed to work on it every single chance I get. Now I know Andy, you're probably going to listen to this. And you may not even remember the story. You may not even remember how it affected you. But I want you to know that it affected me. And I have not told you that before, but I want to tell you now that I'm sorry for that day when you wanted to have an extra hug and an extra kiss with your daddy, and I yelled at you to get out of my car. Daddy's sorry, and I promise you, and I promise you from that day forward, I've always worked and committed myself to never ever take for granted your hugs and your kisses and your little heart. And daddy loves you very much. Dads, let's step up. Let's step up. It's never too late to make things right and start today committing ourselves to be better as a parent of our kids that God's blessed us with. Until next time, guys. Anyone seeing this?